How do the stories of Star Wars, Chief Leshai, and groundbreaking Washington labor leader Addie Fletcher Booth come together? In a book club discussion, of course. On this episode of the Percolator Podcast, Chris, Emily, and Matt share interesting negotiations and labor relations books and resources that they've recently read. Have you read something lately that the labor relations community might be interested in? Let us know. Email us at negotiation at perk.wa.gov. Enjoy the episode. Hey, Matt. Hi, Chris. How are you doing today? Doing great. How are you, Emily? I'm good. How about you, Matt? I'm doing good, too. Good to see you both. Well, do we have today on the calendar as um, let's record a podcast about what we've been reading lately. So we each have been reading some books, maybe, and I thought we'd share what we're reading about and why we thought it was interesting, especially in the context of the negotiation project. So Matt, how about you? Why don't you start us off? All right. I knew you were going to call me first. And I guess I had to start off with a confession because I was that book club member who did not do the reading for the book club session. So oh, no. I haven't read a book. Oh, no. I know. Shame on me. But I do have some interesting things to share. So my mind has been in the Northwest Alira conference world for a while. I'm on the planning committee for that. And I want to put in a, a, a plug for that as well as from one of the speakers and some resources that are out there for that speaker. And so um, Dr. Quintard Taylor is going to be doing the plenary speech on the uh, the afternoon of the, of the first day of the conference on Thursday. It's going to be on uh, fighting for work, Black workers, and the struggle for economic opportunity in the Pacific Northwest. So I'm really looking forward to that conversation. Uh, Professor uh, Taylor was at the University of Washington History Department for a long time. I think he recently retired from that role. I think he's uh, emeritus, but he's coming in and, and going to do a great uh, talk on that. So I, he has a lot of really good resources online. He has a website. We'll put those links into the uh, show notes for his website. But he also founded a website called uh, blackpast.org. That's B-L-A-C-K-P-A-S-T.org. And there is a ton of really good resources on there. It's about Black history uh, in the Northwest, but also more generally. Um, in fact, there's timelines, really interesting timelines for various um, uh, geographic locations. So I went in and did a little search for Washington history and tried to see if there was any kind of labor connections there that might be interesting to share. And I came across a, a, a little article on that website uh, regarding uh, a lady named Addie Fletcher Booth. And uh, there was a, uh, it's a pretty brief article there uh, written by uh, Quinita F. Cobbins Modica. Hopefully I got that right. Um, she wrote this about this little this lady who, back in the 1940s, she actually moved to Seattle in 1943 with her husband. And she worked for Boeing for a brief period of time. But then she was a, she was a teacher historically. But because there were no opportunities for teachers in the Northwest, like the Seattle Public Schools had a policy in the early 1940s where they would not hire African Americans as teachers. And so she ended up being a domestic uh, servant, basically. And But she also joined the uh, Ladies Auxiliary for the Brotherhood of Sleeping Car Porters, which was a union that was um, a Black-led union that her husband was a part of. And in that role, um, she both like helped uh, organize uh, ladies, uh, women um, workers on the railroad, the dining car attendants, 
But she also had a really in, integral role in uh, passing and, and supporting the the uh, what was called the Fair Employment Practices Legislation back in the 40s. So in 1949, I believe, is when that law was passed, which prohibited employment discrimination or bias uh, regarding uh, on the basis of race, creed, religion, and national origin. So she was really an integral in that in the back in the 1940s, and she moved to to Seattle in 1943. That law was passed in 1949, so she had a pretty big impact uh, fairly quickly and was a leader in that organization. So I really enjoyed just reading about her, and it was just at the tip of the iceberg uh, in terms of the stuff that was on that website. So I want to put a plug out there for that website and all that information. So it's one of those places where the, the history um, is not well taught, probably in most areas, and kind of um, helps fill in some of the gaps that I had. And also made me really excited to hear from Dr. Taylor at uh, Northwest Lyra. So. And another thing is, if you haven't signed up for Northwest Lyra, do so as soon as you can. The conference is in April 20th and 21st. So we'll put a link to the registration website in the show notes as well. But um, that's definitely going to be one of the highlights for me. And I just wanted to put that out there. Thanks for uh, your forgiveness and not reading a book. But I thought that was really interesting and a great resource for our listeners. So I just want to throw it out there. Well, thanks, Anne. Right. What, what have you been reading, Emily? Well, I actually read one and a half books. Um, so Show off. <laughs> <laughs> well, the book I was going to read and I wanted to read is called Blind Spot, Hidden Biases of Good People. And it is by Mazahan R. Banahi and Anthony G. Greenwald. And they're, it's a book that came out about 10 years ago. And it's about the implicit bias test. And if you haven't done it before, I really recommend trying out those implicit bias tests that are available. They're for free. They're on the internet. And they help us understand um, what might be some of our internal biases against certain types of people and might not be something that we are aware of. But there is a connection between our internal biases and people's actions. Um, so it, I think it's an important, it's been an important conversation in the last 10 years to help us understand how we treat different types of people. Even if we think we treat everybody the same and we think we treat everybody great there, the truth is that, that our internal biases can really influence what we, what we do and how we act. And there actually is a connection between these authors and UW and that's why I heard about this book. Um, I was in a training. It was mentioning an implicit bias test, mentioned UW. I thought I would read it. it I, that's the half of the book because it was, it's a good book, but I just, I, I've done the test a few times and this book is a really good way to introduce the concept of the test. So it was harder to get excited about it. I think 10 years ago, I would have been a little more excited about it, reading it for the first time. So that's my confession. It, it turned into a feeling like a school assignment and I'm not so great at finishing books when they feel like a school assignment. The other book that I read was Murray Morgan's Puget Sound. And this connects just like you, Matt, you were talking about Lyra. Um, Lyra is going to be in Tacoma. And I've been wanting to learn a little more about Tacoma um, before the conference. So this is um, a narrative of early Tacoma and the Southern Sound. And it was, it was the beginning of the book was a little more about the Southern Sound than I was expecting. I was thinking it would be more focused on Tacoma itself, but it was started with like the British and the fur traders. And then here comes the Americans. And it got to the point where it started talking about Isaac Stevens, who was the appointed territorial governor of Washington. And his assignment was to get the people living here, the, the, the tribes, to give up their rights to the land. 
And he he's the one who convened the meeting at Medicine Creek where there was a treaty signed. And if you think of that event as a negotiation, um, it's a pretty horrible and horrific negotiation. And the way that that was conducted where they would just like read legalese until people signed and they was just pretty awful. But there's a story where there was, there was a, not just a story, there was a person there uh, that was, a, was appointed, but just to be the representative of the Nisqually and the Puyallup people. And it was Leshai, uh, Chief Leshai. And the story of Stevens and Leshai, I think I had heard of a little bit before, but I didn't really appreciate it until I read this book. And Leshai didn't sign the agreement. He thought that the land that was being offered was not very good. It was a rocky place where, where nothing could grow and it wasn't a good place for people to try to live off of. And so he didn't sign it. And then in the, the subsequent years, there was there was a war developed between the settlers and and the tribes. And Stevens, Leshai was was involved in sort of the tribe sense, but it's unclear how connected he was with any of the violence. And it does seem like, well, the depiction of the history and the story is he's actually trying to find a way to negotiate and end the war. And Stevens is awful. He's like, in t- he just makes t- war choices the whole time. And you're, you're reading this and you realize it's not just like he's a time person of his time, because there's also the conversation of where the army was. And the army was saying, this is not a good way to, to, to have this conflict. You're doing things that will escalate things and you're making poor choices. And in the end, there were, a, was a trial. Leshai was put on trial for murder. And there's pretty clearly no question that that was not a good or just or fair trial. And he was executed. And and just the story of Leshai was, was was really powerful. And as I was reading this book, God, I got to the point where I was like, I can't, like, is this going to keep getting worse? And it's not, I mean, yes, it kept getting worse. And the only good part of the story was at the end, when what happened to Stevens is he went off to fight in the Civil War and he died. And uh, by the time he died, I was just glad he was he was gone because because of the story of Leshai and Stevens, which I wasn't aware of. Um, and thinking about there's other negotiations that are mentioned. And they're like businessmen fighting over money and things like that really, really weren't that interesting. But when you think about negotiations and you think about the ethics of negotiations and power imbalances and how we and how historically negotiations have been used to force people into some really awful and unjust situations. The story that's been stuck with me for the last few weeks is the story of Leshai and Stevens. So that's that's what I've been reading and how it connects to negotiations. How about you, Chris? What have you been up to? Yeah, well thanks for thanks for introducing that story, Emily, and and uh look forward to hearing about more labor history at the upcoming Lyra um conference. And Speaking of Lyra, while this is not the main book I want to talk about, I have been reading a lot getting ready for for Lyra. Uh, we got to talk on what's called the negotiation paradox and I've uh, been reading some really great books and articles uh, related to that, uh, including this book called Both and Thinking by Wendy Smith and Marion Lewis. And um, of course, Bernard Mayer's book, The Conflict Paradox, kind of getting ready for this talk. Um, so more on those books to come uh, at Lyra. But what I wanted to talk about uh, today uh, was a book that came out late last year for all of those fans of a galaxy far, far away. There is a new book out uh, called Star Wars, 
and conflict resolution that was edited by two professors, Noam Ebner and Jen Reynolds. Noam's a professor at uh, Creighton University, and Jen Reynolds is here in the PNW uh, down at University of Oregon uh, Law School. Just two uh, really important, um, significant voices in the kind of academic dispute resolution space that put together uh, this book. Uh, again, the title is Star Wars and Conflict Resolution. So just a little bit about the book for those that might be interested and in kind of what I liked and maybe what I didn't like as much about, about the book. Um, so it's it's basically 18 essays by different authors. And the kind of the unifying theme of all the essays, as the title <laughs> suggests, I guess, is is conflict and but also Star Wars and and thinking about using the movie franchise as a vehicle for understanding different facets of conflict. Um, and so half the book is kind of divided into topics more squarely centered on conflict related issues. And then the second half of the book is on kind of conflict resolution mechanisms. So thinking about conflict and then how to how to manage conflict, how to deal with conflict. So that's how the book's kind of organized. What I what I really did enjoy about it was the fact that it really covered a wide range of topics uh, in the negotiation kind of realm. Um, so there's you know uh, essays on identity issues and conflict and uh, psychological issues around uh, conflict and emotional issues and relational issues and and all of that. And so it really kind of covered the I don't know, I'd say kind of the A to Z's of thinking about conflict, but really kind of went about it in a broad way. So that was fun. And it was, of course, as I mentioned, kind of set in this pretty fun, accessible uh, way instead of like really digging into these topics and kind of this dry academic sense, you get them in the context of movies that many, many of us, you know, really enjoy. And so I thought that was a way to make them more accessible and more interesting while still covering what in the abstract would be some some complicated concepts um, and make them a little bit more relatable to folks uh, in ways that were pretty interesting. And, you know, it, it the other thing I really liked about it is it gave me a new appreciation both for studying negotiations and thinking about this this space, but also the Star Wars movies. Like, I, I, I am a fan, but I you know, it's like as you go back and read these in the in the context of thinking about the individual situations of conflict or the group conflicts or you know whatnot. This kind of new spin on watching watching the movies itself, so themselves. So it'll be fun to kind of go back and watch some of these scenes and some of these movies, having gone over the book and and understanding them perhaps in a different way. So that that's that's great. The kind of the the caveats I would say are. I don't know if it's constructive criticism or just just some hedging a little bit on my effusive support for the book. Otherwise, would be uh, one. I mean, I think you really have to be familiar with the Star Wars world to really understand the book. Like, if you're not a, I, I wouldn't. Cons I'm I'm definitely not a super fan by any by any means. Although I have a new appreciation for people who really love Star Wars because there was things in this that you know as someone who really does enjoy watching the movies and you know done done that stuff uh, it was kind of over my head in terms of the level of detail but I think you really do have to have a 
understanding and uh, and familiarity with the movies for this book to really resonate with you on any level. If you don't, I don't think it's a good way to work through these concepts because you'll just be lost in the context of the particular uh, movie settings and whatnot. So I think, you know, you really do need that background. I also think this is, it's probably a book for like um, maybe a newer negotiator or or maybe someone with some more experience, but who hasn't really um, studied negotiations in kind of a more academic setting. So a lot of the concepts are, you know, from my vantage point as someone who kind of just regularly interacts with this stuff, teaches this stuff, I, I would say are kind of more of like an introduction to negotiation type level. For example, there's like a whole chapter on getting to yes in, in the context of Star Wars. So, you know, getting to yes, as you both know, is kind of like a foundational kind of text for us in the negotiation space. So it's not new concepts, but I think it's a, for the, for someone who's kind of studying that for the first time, I think this was a, it's a really good way or interesting way to kind of think about that book and that approach to negotiations, but in the confines of Star Wars. And the, the the last thing I'd say is I th- I think there were some some of the essays that felt a little bit um, forced or constrained to kind of fit within the Star Wars uh, theme, but were a little bit too abstract in my in my opinion. So, for example, there was a whole whole essay on like lightsaber and fighting modes of the different Jedi and Darth characters. And I was like, at first I was kind of blown away. Like, wow, I like, I didn't, I mean, I remember some, I remember a lot of these battle scenes, but I had no idea. Like people were thinking about this on the level of like different fighting styles. Uh, And it was like a very descriptive approach to like, here's how Darth Maul like fights versus Obi-Wan Kenobi (laughs) using, using their lightsabers. Um, But it was, but then, you know, it was, I had a hard time thinking about how you would practically kind of use that in any of that. Like it seemed very kind of kitschy, interesting to think of the movies that way, but I don't know how practically or effective that would be for you as a negotiator in your day-to-day work. So, but, but overall a fun book, um, definitely recommend it for people who kind of fit in that category or those set of categories that I described. And yeah. So anyway, that's what I've been up to in the book front these days. Well, that sounds like a lot of fun. Um, yeah. Do you have to, like, how many of the movies do you need to have read to understand the book? All of them? Yeah. So there's a, I, I'm, uh, that's a great question. I'm trying to remember off the top of my head because they have like a little explainer at the beginning. You definitely need to have seen all of the nine kind of main movie, main movies. So the prequels, the three original, and then the three sequels. But I think they also included scenes from Rogue One and maybe Solo, the movie. But they didn't go so far. There's see, this is where I'm not like a total Star Wars like person. Like, you know, there's the the Mandalorian on Disney Plus and a few other of these series that even I haven't like totally dug into. But I think that was beyond the scope of this book. They tried to limit it to the main, the main movie franchises, but but definitely some some like pieces of it that they pulled out that are just, you know, didn't even like remember from some of the movies, but um, some people that were really dedicated to the Star Wars world. <laughs> <I'll say. laughs> if you don't know. 
But it was a it was a fun it was a fun book a, a neat project I, I I really do appreciate the fact of people finding trying to find ways of taking these kind of dense sometimes dry kind of esoteric feeling kind of concepts and like talking about them in something that feels a little bit more relatable to people like you know there's there's a chapter on like psychological issues and talking about um you know attribution biases and <laughs> anchoring concepts and and you know i think when you study those in isolation you know it, it feels differently than when you think about them in the context of like you know darth vader and luke skywalker you know just is more exciting to talk about that way so i i do appreciate that I, and you know it seems like there's so many different kinds of fandoms and and everybody watches different things now. I can't imagine what a better one would be, even if Star Wars does seem a little overwhelming and is beyond <laughs> the scope of the casual viewer. There's just so many different directions people go with pop culture. It's hard to find one unifying unifying story anymore to to say this is something that everyone can relate to. So I feel like that's a good choice. <laughs> yeah, yeah, definitely. Probably hit a, a, a fair amount of the population with Star Wars. So, <laughs> well, great. Uh, it sounds like we've there's some history, there's some sci-fi. Uh, we've been thinking about negotiations, and maybe we need to do this again and have another have another book club day. What do you think? Sounds good to me. Sounds great. All right, good chatting with you both. <laughs>